the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you seeking a lucrative side hustle? The Alpha Beta Report is your golden ticket. They've cracked the code on turning humble accounts into towering assets. You can get educated, empowered, and start letting your money work wonders. Dive in at alphabetareport.com. That's alphabetareport.com. And thank you to the Alpha Beta Report for your financial contribution. So we've talked a lot on this show about issue one and about issue two. And uh, both of those are important measures, so important that I think, in my humble opinion, both uh, should have gone through the legislative process because the legislative process has committee hearings where lawmakers hear opponent and proponent testimony where amendments and floor debates refine and improve otherwise broad and, and maybe sloppy laws that can have incredibly detrimental unintended consequences. And that's why I've invited our ge- our next guest because she has a really good uh, lens through which she can view these things because she has a lot of experience with the legislative process. She is State Senator Teresa Gabarone. She's a Republican from Ohio Senate District 2, covering places like Bowling Green and Sandusky. Uh, State Senator Gabarone, welcome to The Bruce Woolley Show. How are you this afternoon? I am doing great. Thank you for having me on today. Hey, it's an honor to have you. Thank you for carving out time. I know that we uh, – I'd like to talk about uh, State Issue 1 and uh, State Issue 2 and if you don't mind, let's start with issue one. Um, that's something okay. that I'm not afraid to call it, and maybe my opinion is incorrect. I've just talked with a lot of people who have said, no, you're spot on. And, and I call it a, a radical abortion amendment that would allow abortion to to birth for matters of convenience and allow minors to abort and gender transition without parental involvement. How do you see that amendment, proposed amendment, and, and what would you want our listeners to know about state issue one? Hey, thank you. Um, no, I agree with your assessment. It, uh, it's a bridge too far, even for pro-choice women. Okay. People, when they understand what this legislation really does and how extreme and radical it is, do not agree. This is not where Ohio is as a state. It undermines parental rights by allowing children to you know, have an abortion without even, not not without consent, but without even notifying the wow. parents. They okay. may never know their child went through this. And and that's, that's not what our parents want. That's not good for our families. It's certainly not good for, for children. And it is not good for Ohio. It, it's, it's extreme. It, it is a bridge too far. And I get heartbroken. I have a friend that I've had for several decades and we're connected on social media and I I see that she's out registering voters because she's adamant about, in her words, protecting her reproductive health choice. 
And I've always known her to be somebody who said, I want it to be legal, I want it to be safe, and I want it to be rare. But this is none of those things, is it? Oh, absolutely not. And this just opens the door, and it undoes so much legislation that we've done to even protect women. Um, You know, we put protections in place uh, where procedures need to be explained and risks to ensure, you know, that transfers to hospitals are there if necessary. And this could undo all of those protections for women because it could be seen as a, a, a burden, which is prohibited. Yeah. Under this amendment, that's right. The, the word burden. We we had a, we had uh, someone talk with us earlier, who talked about the word burden and how previously the phrase undue burden was used. Well, that was taken away because parental consent wasn't seen as an undue burden, but it is seen as a burden. Mm-hmm. So this amendment is what people say that it is, but what proponents are unwilling to call it. It is radical. It is extreme. Uh, what's the pulse that you have in, in your district? Do you think voters are getting it? Do you think they understand what's at stake here? And uh, if not, do you think there's still time to, to educate them and get them to pull the lever in, if, for the right reasons and vote in, in a way that would protect parents' rights and, uh, and the lives of unborn children? Well, I I certainly have been going throughout my district and talking to people and attending meetings where where there are a lot of uh, people present to kind of discuss this and make sure people understand what this actually does. Because when people understand what this means, they don't agree with it. So it's a matter of getting that message out, making sure people, you know, have access to the information and really study and look at this. It's so broadly written that it is uh, deceptive and people don't really understand what it means until you really take it apart. You know, when it says, um, you know, every individual has a right to make um, reproductive decisions. It doesn't say adult. It doesn't say women. I mean, it says any individual, Yep. um, which includes children and and cuts parents out. I mean, is, is that really, when people understand that, it certainly raises a lot of red flags for a lot of people. And, and we need to make sure people really understand what they're voting for. If they decide to vote for this, what that is, because I think when people understand it, there's no way they're going to want to vote for this. Yeah. And I've said that the people who put this together had a chance to be specific. If they didn't want abortion to birth, they could have clarified. If they wanted parents' rights to be protected, Mm -hmm. they could have clarified, which frankly, uh, Planned Parenthood, I believe, is behind a similar amendment in Florida, and they made sure to add parental protection language there. They didn't hear, and and I don't think that that is an accident. Um, A couple minutes here, if you don't mind, let's toggle over to uh, State Issue 2. That is a it, that one's not a proposed amendment. That's a proposed statute, which maybe gives a little more flexibility. But again, it escapes the legislative process where there's opponent and proponent testimony and you can debate it and amend it and, and create something that doesn't have unintended consequences. As you look at issue two, are there unintended consequences that people need to think about if they're maybe leaning toward a yes vote on two? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it is really poorly written. written. Uh, for one thing, um, you know, it it would put uh, 36% of tax revenue back into the industry itself to pay to set up more marijuana shops and farms. 
I mean, and the tax rate's too low. It's a 10% tax rate, which would be one of the lowest marijuana tax rates in the nation. And, and on top of that, convicted felons would get special preferential treatment to set up marijuana businesses. That's the second Is time that, I've heard that. Yeah. How? Yeah. So there's language in this proposed statute that, that, that would give preferential treatment to convicted felons to get a license to sell convicted marijuana? Drug felons, even. Wow. Okay. I, 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 it's not safe for our kids. And yeah, I've been an attorney for many years, and I, I think about the impact on our roads. Mm-hmm. And and children having access to this stuff. I mean, you know, these gummies are uh, you know, look like candy, um, and, and just workplaces. You know, people operating heavy machinery, driving school buses. Yep. Uh, it's it's a really bad idea for Ohio, and it's really poorly written. People need to understand uh, this as well. When I think about it, it, it seems to me to be a no-brainer that, that productivity is going to go down, that accidents are going to go up, mm-hmm. and that the risk to our children is going to be greater. I mean, you're right. One other – we've only got about 30 seconds here, so let me ask you this. Uh, I've heard that the THC levels have to be at a minimum of 35 percent, and then I heard that that oh. might be up to interpretation. Can you – and I'm sorry to hamstring you. We've re- really only got about 20 seconds. Can you weigh in on that? Yeah, I wanted to talk. I wanted to mention that. Thank you. Uh-huh. No, it's a floor of thirty-five percent. Holy smokes! If you look at the actual language of the statute, that's it, industrial it, strength pot. That that's heavy duty. Yep, this is not Woodstock so, pot. This is, um, this is this is extra oh, no. strength stuff. Holy smokes! Uh, right. State Senator Teresa Gavarone, um, she's a Republican. And uh, she represents uh, Senate District 2. Thank you for investing time with us today on The Bruce Woolley Show. We greatly appreciate all that you shared with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Hey, uh, up next, we'll have Stephanie Stock. We're going to chit-chat for about eight minutes uh, on the final episode, or excuse me, the final segment this Friday on 98.9 FM, The Answers, Bruce Woolley Show. We are rounding third and heading home. The final segment of the Bruce Hooley Show on this open line Friday. And uh, we are indeed going to bring it home. We're going to hammer it home on issue one. And I'm joined on the phone by Stephanie Stock. She is president of Ohio Association of Medical Freedom. Stephanie, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you this afternoon? I am doing just fine. Thank you, Jack, for having me on. Hey, you are so welcome. Um, well, first of all, I, I'm going to make a comment. I know we want to jump on issue one. I thought it was interesting. The New York Times this week published a report and uh, just, you know, kind of dismissively admitted that uh, COVID vaccines have created heart issues for uh, teenagers and uh, seizures are just, you know, kind of a common side effect to younger kids who have taken the jab. And so I just think that's important because. I'm not an anti-vax person, and I don't think you're an anti-vax person, but that certainly is the way that uh, several people were painted over COVID on social media. Um, but, you know, now all of a sudden, you were right. So did you see that report, by the way, from the New York Times? Yes, I saw that. And then there's another one out that says that uh, the elderly, I believe it's 65 and up, 
uh, may have a greater risk for stroke. Oh, I'm losing you, Stephanie. Can you? Are you there? Uh-oh. There you are. Yep. Okay. Could you repeat there, that? You said the <laughs> the elderly may go ahead. Oh no, there was just I was reading an article that just came out that they said the that the elderly, I think it was 65 and up, uh, may be more likely to have clots and strokes. But I mean, I mean, it just it just keeps just more and more keeps coming out. And I mean, this is why vaccine choice really is a freedom issue yep. um, because science is ever changing, right? I mean. They, sometimes they just don't know things. So we, we have to keep a pathway open for people that, that want to make a different choice. And that doesn't make you an anti-vaxxer. That makes you a freedom person. Amen. Speaking of freedom, uh, let's talk about issue one in that context. For a long time, for, gosh, probably five decades, we heard that we want it to be legal, we want it to be safe, and we want it to be rare, but we want to have the freedom to choose whether or not to abort a child. Um, how do you see issue one from the lens of medical freedom? Yeah, and so we've been we've been getting some attacks lately because we have been uh, helping on the no on issue one campaign, and we weren't we didn't really take an, a vocal stance uh, on the life issue in the past because we have frankly we're just too busy <laughs> fighting for a vaccine choice and medical freedom on those issues, access to to uh, medications and things like that. So um, we have come out recently and said, you know, with the issue of a baby, that is. That is another life, right? So if it's not, they, they, they accuse us of being anti-science, right, in the medical freedom realm, but then they deny the science that a baby has its own DNA, right? And if you have your own DNA and you're born in America, you're technically a citizen that has right to life, uh, you know, pursuit of happiness, the, the whole shebang, right, if you're, if you're quote, unquote, a, a citizen. So that's our stance. Um, medical freedom is really something that you, um, that you're fighting for the right to be able to decline something or to have or have access to something that you believe will help you, that you believe is for your health. And, and you know, ending the life of another person is not for that person's health. So that is, um, we have come out recently and, and just made that statement. I, I, we probably upset a few people, but I mean, the, real, the scientific reality is that baby does have its own distinct DNA. Therefore, it is not part of the woman's body. It is just residing in her as it's developing. So glad that you stated that. I, I yeah. drive myself mad letting myself think about and stew on people who say, you know, they said, follow the science with masks and, and vaccines and follow the science with all of the other things that we're talking about now. But a child does have a heartbeat, a blood profile and a separate DNA. That is a separate life. And, and these are the same people, by the way, who can't admit that XX and XY chromosomes exist that separate oh, exactly. males from females. Yeah, they, they, won't, they won't acknowledge gender. They won't acknowledge gender, but we are the anti-science people. It's just nonsense. We're not even entertaining it anymore. It's, it is absolutely upside down. And so I'm glad to hear you say that because a life is separate in the mother's belly, in the womb. And to me, I, I'm curious how you see this. And I think it's funny. There are a lot of RGB fans, Ruth, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg fans who, you know, they weigh in on this topic a lot. And I want to go, well, did you read what she said about the 14th Amendment? And if the issue of abortion had really sought to define when does life start, the 14th Amendment says you have equal protection under the law. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right, is that once Mm -hmm. we know, we have to figure it out. Is it a heartbeat? Is it when they can feel pain? It certainly is not. I mean, a life is present at month eight, month nine, and, and aborting it for convenience is just awful. But there is a 14th yeah. Amendment protection that that child has, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, what else do you want to weigh in on <laughs> with respect to issue so, one? Sorry for the rant. No, no, that's okay. Rants are good. Rants are good. Um, 
Yeah, I just wanted to really bring this out, and I, I know there's a lot of fork, a lot of focus on the abortion component, and that is horrific, especially, I mean, late-term abortion is just barbaric. But I, I really want people to think about the stripping of parental rights that's involved with this, and the fact that both Planned Parenthood and ACLU both have a major focus on transgender care. Listen, Planned Parenthood has a section on their website about offering services for transgender care, and they make statements like, you know, we offer you access, we make it easy for you, we offer you the privacy you need. Well, imagine when that, when that pertains to our children who are so impressionable. They're getting bombarded with all this stuff in the schools, the reading materials. They have these activists coming after them, and now the parents and the state are not going to have the ability to intervene or to interfere is the word that they use in, in the language. And that, that is truly terrifying because those kids are submerged in that kind of indoctrination. Um, they're going to be more, far more likely to do something like that than they are even to have an abortion. So I think this component may even be more egregious if you can say something more egregious than the barbaric act of killing a, a baby at eight months in the womb. Um, but, the parental rights portion is, is truly terrifying to us as an organization. And I went even further the other day. I thought, you know, will this pertain to reproductive health on certain vaccines, like the HPV vaccine? We know they already kind of direct market to children on that. Yep. Will children be able to agree to take that, the HPV vaccine on their own, because it's, quote unquote, related to reproductive health? I mean, we just don't know where this is going to take us. The amendment is so terribly broad. Um, Ohio really could do a lot better than this. And I and I just pray people will go to the polls and just vote this down. Even if they support abortion to a certain level, this, if they look at this language, it's just, it's so, it's just too far. I, I really hope people will look at that and their parental rights and, and revisit this, um, you know, going, going a different way if they must. But this is just a terrible amendment. It is, it is certainly a bridge too far. And when you look at, you know, gender dysphoria is a real thing and there's a certain percentage of the population that is affected by that. But when you look at now uh, with political pressure, with peer pressure, with societal pressure, all of a sudden, instead of 2%, 30% of kids are saying, yeah, I might have. No, that is that is societal induced dysphoria. And yeah. now all of a sudden, if that happens, if and by the way, the parents rights that are going to get stripped, they're not the, the parents that are saying, yep, Yep, you can give them puberty blockers. Yep, you can lop that off. It's the parents like me and maybe like you yeah. who go, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. It's gender dysphoria. We're going to treat it a different way, but not with puberty blockers, not with surgeries. Um, hey, uh, we are out of time. But uh, Stephanie, will you come back and visit us uh, maybe next week and, and talk a little bit more about issue one? Yes, I would love to. And just to let people know, they can go to OhioAMS.org. We are about to put up a link that's got a download of tons of no-on-issue one graphics and videos that people can share on their social media and text to their friends and family to get them to the polls. So I just want to throw that out there. Oh, that's awesome. So it's OhioAMF.org. She is Stephanie Stock. She is president of OAMF. Thank you, Stephanie, for joining us today. Thank you, Jack. Have a great day. And you have a great day and a super fantastic weekend. I will be back with you on Monday. On 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.